Blog Talk Radio. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. I'm mistaken. Right now, I do believe Scott Hand is on the line. Are you there, sir? I'm here. Yep. And if I'm also not mistaken, he has made his re- triumphant return. And I do believe Matthias is there as well. How are you? Yep, I am here for another show on 89.1 Kansas FM. Uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, you know, we had a lot. We had a lot of fun last week, and of course, it just, it, it wasn't really the same without you because I, uh, me and Scott actually had to carry the show on our back, and it got to be uh, a lot of weight as we are doing that. So we're glad that you're here to kind of even out the uh, the weights, I guess you could say. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Scott, do you know the modern Nightmare Matthias? Of course. Absolutely. All right. And, uh, and Matthias, you know, uh, Scott Hand, he's uh, smart enough to actually have us involved in this project called The Black Tent. And I know you're looking forward to uh, being in that in some aspect. Absolutely. And last week we found out something very interesting about that filming, Matthias. You want, you want to know what that is? Yeah. Let's go. Alexis Baca is going to be in that movie with us. Okay. The next Wonder Woman. Interesting. And uh, and apparently uh, Scott has also wanted uh, you to uh, be the bodyguard of all the actors and actresses so uh, you can keep me away from them. Uh, so when Scott says, okay, get Icon out of here, that will be your cue. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that pay. I'll take that, I'll take that job. And I'm going to be doing some tap dancing. <laughs> right. And uh, we, we decided that, uh, yes, I should do some tap dancing as long as I don't fall in the sink. And, uh, of course, that joke uh, may <laughs> may get old over the next several weeks, but who knows, I guess. I don't know. But it, it is what it is. We're going to have a lot of and apparently the big swing of listening as well. So let's catch everybody up on what we've all been doing. So, Matthias, since we have not heard from you in a couple weeks, what's up with you? What's going on with your wrestling career? Well, um, I was I took the week off uh, last week because of the holiday upcoming and a lot of hard work that needed to get done uh, in preparation for it. Um, I've had some personal issues come up the past few weeks. Uh, professionally wise with wrestling, um, looks like my I'm I'm trying not to be a downer, but I'm not. But I'm also kind of being serious with things. My knee, my shoulder. Uh, I recently injured it uh, in a match, 
taking a Hurricane Rana, and it's be, being um, a slow um, recuperation. I don't know if I did something to it. I don't know if I severely bruised it or what's going on, but it's just taking a little bit uh, more time to recover, so i got to take uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, other than that, I'm, I'm off on wrestling for a few more um, for another week or so, and then I'll be uh, December 10th, I'll be in Horace, and then the 16th, I'll be back in Minneapolis and Chicago. And then after that, it's up until uh, January where I make my, I don't even know how many uh, title defenses I've had so far with my APW World Heavyweight title. And think about this. After you appear in the black tent, think of the calls that you'll be getting from AEW. Well, you know, I mean, AEW would be uh, would definitely be a thrill ride. Um, I mean, there's been, uh, excuse me, some up and ups and downs with uh, with pro wrestling nowadays with the major companies. So I guess we'll have to see uh, if if AEW ever contacts me, and they ever give me a shot. You know, I mean, who wouldn't? But if they are, then then let's go. Let's get some stuff done. And you know, you might even get a call from the WWE if they can bring in CM Punk. You'd be you're you got much oh, more talent gosh. than him. Well, yeah. Well, CM Punk made his return uh, on Saturday night uh, after War Games uh, proceeded. Hated it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand. Completely outshined Randy Orton's return. I mean, we already knew who it was going to be after uh, Cody's promo on Raw uh, the previous Monday. We already knew it was going to be. Randy Orton making his return, but everybody popped for him returning, and at the end, CM Punk somehow decided to come out, and I guess his uh, return is like the most viewed uh, video on X uh, in w- and most popular um, social video in WWE history, apparently, with like 74 million views and stuff like that, and it's like... Over CM Punk, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of it. I Everyone is so excited about it, whereas I'm just kind of you know, mid midterm about the whole thing. Well, you know, when it comes to CM Punk, I guess I could care less because he is a Bears fan. Speaking of that, uh, Minnesota is down 6-3. to three. We'll be, uh, for the Viking fans listening right now, because you couldn't decide whether to watch the Vikings or listen to us, We decide, you know that you decided to listen to us, and so we'll keep you posted on the score for Monday Night Football. Anywho, uh, now uh, let's go to Scott here. Now, you know, we've uh, talked a lot about the black tent because that is basically your staple, your baby, as we've uh, as we talked about before. But there's one other movie that uh, that we want to talk a little bit about. Um, and and I, I have issues um, pronouncing it. Uh, you know which one I'm referring to? Must be White Cayenne, <laughs> the werewolf yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it's a werewolf movie. Uh, it's my feature film debut. I had done a short movie about the Jersey Devil called Lost in the Night, which is uh, actually in film festivals now. We'll be going into more in uh, 24. YK is my feature film debut. We're you know, getting there very slowly. The sound mixing's taken a while. Um, it's closer than ever. Um, the movie looks really good. Uh, it's a werewolf movie. We do some things a little bit differently. I mean, it's not an American werewolf in London or The Howling. Um, I kind of was, you know, going back in time a little bit to emphasize story over special effects, you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, I have a little comedy as well, uh, you know, five losers on the line. And it's not, it's not Teen Wolf either. No, it's not Teen Wolf. Now we're a little little more adult-oriented than that. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to ask you that I kind of found interesting as I was researching this, that – 
someone actually wanted you to call it something different. They wanted you to call it, like, Beware of the Moon or something. Can you tell us about that, yeah. or are you not allowed to talk about that? Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, when I was talking to um, some investors, uh, one of the guys that – well, actually, two of the guys that were really interested in it, this was before I wrote the script, I went to them with the concept, and they, for whatever the reason, they had this title, Beware of the Moon, and – I, I I just I wasn't really big on it. Um, it. It really doesn't fit into the movie. I mean, it, I, I kind of shoehorned some things in there a little bit for it, but um, it, it doesn't really fit. There's, it's, it's a different kind of werewolf movie. We do have a werewolf in there. There's some pretty grisly kills in there, but uh, I think overall, in the end, by the time I had written scripts and by the time we were, you know, getting things going, they were just kind of like, "Yeah, Scott, we, we, we get it. You know, you keep it your title. Stay with like A." So it wasn't one of those deals like, okay, you want us to invest in the movie, you will tell, you will call what we want, or no, or we won't be involved. It wasn't Pretty, like I that. Mean, it, it kind of started, I think, that way, which is why I was sort of, I was, you know, getting a little flexible with them. I was like, all right, you know, I said uh, it's not really my story, but you know, if you're really hooked on that title, I could figure out a way to make it work, and I did. But um, the thing was, once we were getting, we were started filming. All of a sudden, they were just like, "Yeah, you know what?" They, they read this. I don't know that they really read my script prior to that. You know, once they, they saw some of the dailies on, then they read the script and they were like, "Now we get it." You know, we we Google like, "Hey, and we see what you're doing. You, you stick with your title," which is awesome. And I love how I love how you stick to your guns. And at this point. With uh, the filming of the Black Tent and uh, Matthias, uh, you and I and uh, uh, Ken upstairs will be making a little trip, uh, um, a little road trip sometime in March or April to film our spots in that film. It's going to be awesome, would you say? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'll be actually going to Vegas uh, in the end of February. So, I mean, if I get to go to go and take a little road trip again in March, that'd be uh, that'll be uh, a good combo, I would say. And uh, uh, Scott, I think we may have mentioned this, or may have. Uh, do, you, do you have any locations picked out where you want to film it at, or is that still up in the air yet? Well, we have it. We just had Thanksgiving. Now we're not going to we're not going to have anything locked down prior to the next few weeks. Um, it's probably in January. Once we get through these holidays, um, we'll have things locked up. But right now, no, nothing. I have awesome. spots picked out, but we don't have them locked up. And you know, like I say, I. I you know, everybody thinks, well, you know, is that all you're going to talk about, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, you got an ego, blah, 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 blah. No, it, it, it has nothing to do with that. What I'm trying to let people know, and I'm trying to let everybody else that's listening know, that I'm proud that, I, that I've been picked and part of this project. I mean, this is, uh, this is Scott Hans Baby, and it's been in development for six years. And it's finally going to come to fruition, and I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And, glad to have uh, both of you guys on board. Right. And, you know, the one thing about uh, uh, Matthias, uh, Scott, is if he needs someone that can do his own stunts, guess mm -hmm. what? Matthias can, especially if it involves a, a folding table full of thumbtacks. He can handle that. Great. That's all. Awesome. Am, am I right, Matthias? Yeah, you know, I, I did uh, tend to dabble in the uh, hardcore style or the hardcore matches of wrestling. As a matter of fact, December 10th, 
Uh, I have a hardcore match, a Christmas chaos match, if you will, where it's uh, four presents will be hung from poles around the corners, and you open up a present, you get a weapon, you get to use it. And I believe that'll be the only weapon you get to use throughout the match. But, uh, yeah, I've I've landed on tables, thumbtacks, barbed wire, broken glass, Legos. Uh, I've been sliced open by cheese graters, broken plates, broken glass. I've uh, I basically shed blood, sweat, and tears in that ring multiple times over. And, uh, yeah, I'm more than willing to do my own stunts if it gets to be paid just a little bit more. And not necessarily in that order either. Absolutely. <laughs> and you've also had people steal your spinner in one of those events. Yeah, that, was, uh, that wasn't cool by one of the fans who ended up uh, taking my – my prized uh, spinner dollar sign piece to one of my low-hanging chains. That was actually the first time I've actually ever worn any sort of necklace or uh, gear out to the ring other than my typical stuff, and uh, it's been the last time. I rarely wear my necklace now because uh, as I've had fans attack me before and tried to steal my stuff, I've had fans try to fight me, so I just can't trust the, uh, excuse my French, sleazy, uh, fans that try to just, you know, take your stuff and run away with it. So, you know, I just can't trust them. And, you know, the cool thing is the show here, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, was able to help you get a suitable replacement, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, yeah. And you have, you still covet that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's still, it's still hanging up with my other gear, and if I ever, uh, you know, if it comes down to that I need to choke somebody with it or I need to... Uh, knock somebody out with a little hard metal, well, then there's a, there's a suitable uh, use for it. And uh, make sure uh, that you – my fingerprints are still on that thing, so if there's a lawsuit that's filed, make sure you take my fingerprints off of that. Well, I mean, as long as you're not seen using it in the, in the so-called crime, then we will be uh, – I guess we'll all be fine. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be an accomplice <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we uh, I think our, our first guest is waiting in the wings here So here's what we're going to do We need to take a quick little commercial break We'll be back after these messages from one of our sponsors And after this, stick with us Because our first guest will be with us Stay tuned The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo Located at 1090 35th Street North At the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange it's an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Streets of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is a awesome actress, and she's going to tell us all about it, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly, because everybody knows I do have problems with that. She is Melissa Joy Quinones. Hey, this is Melissa Quinones. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, and also the modern nightmare, Matthias. And the big swing. Well, how are you, Melissa? Good to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. All right. So I'm going to introduce you. You already know who the icon is. Of course, everybody does. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, the modern nightmare, uh, Matthias. He is on my left. Say hello. Hello. 
And we have Scott Hand, who's on my right. Say hello. Hello. Hey. So uh, you you have uh, so basically you're surrounded by a couple burly men. Well, actually, two big men and a wimp. That would be me. Uh, anyway, so here's how we're gonna do this, Melissa. Uh, I'm gonna have you give us a little background about yourself. Then I'll ask a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable. Then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead. Okay, sure. Hi. Uh, so, uh, like I said, my name's Melissa. All my friends know me as Missy. Um, I have. I've always wanted to be an actress. I've always wanted to act, uh, but you know, my you know, life life gets you sometimes. So um, I had a family. I have three wonderful children: Daniel, Devin, and Olivia. And uh, I finally got to a point in life where they don't need me that much anymore. So I'm pursuing my uh, dream of becoming an actress and being involved in a lot of projects. And uh, so you're also my, a, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're also a writer, an actress, and a model as well, but you don't do much modeling anymore, but uh, you used to. Right. I, I um, do more of uh, acting and writing. I've, I've, I wrote a, uh, a sitcom with uh, one of my classmates, Misha Ferrone, and uh, another classmate, Kaz Ferranti. And uh, we wrote we wrote a sitcom that is we filmed and is uh, in uh, post production right now, being edited, and you know hopefully somebody will pick it up. So and uh, other than that, I do more acting than anything. Oh uh, yeah, the name we got copyrighted. The name is Drugs and Candy. Drugs, Drugs and, candy. and Candy. That that is the name. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds. I'd like to have a part in. <laughs> so, especially, especially if there's free candy involved. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk a little bit yeah. about this, and uh, then we'll then we'll I'll pass it on to my uh, uh, co-host here. Uh, so, how long has this series been in development? Um. About, I think we started. We we started writing last year, like end of last year, I believe, and uh, we 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 filmed the first um, episode around March, and so um, now we we were looking for somebody to do the editing, and uh, my partner Misha, he he got somebody in California who's working on that right now. So and if. And if this does get picked up, uh, what uh, what what do you what are your plans? You plan on like making it like a, a weekly series? Uh, maybe start out with yeah. uh, like a mid-season replacement, and then go to the end of the season and start fresh the next season. Is that the plan, or what? Uh, what is your main goal? I think ultimately we want it to be a series. We have a lot of ideas for future episodes. We have some some of them are written down already. Some are still, you know hanging around in our heads, but, <laughs> um, yeah, we have a lot of ideas for, um, for it to be someone nice. I want it to be a series, hopefully something that could be like we could. And I do believe that uh, you might even be able to write the icon into one of those episodes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could definitely write you in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
Oh, you know, I'll tell you. Take a trip speaking, over to Fargo and, yeah. <laughs> speaking of writing me, and I'm going to introduce you to my first co-host. His name is Scott Hand, and he's an independent film director. And, uh, you know, my my goal would be to eventually have you guys work together on a project. And then, uh, you know, then uh, when you guys uh, – are uh, are riding off in the sunset, making millions and millions and millions of dollars, and then you like pass me on the side of the street uh, with uh, with a, a holding a bucket, saying "Drop something in my 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 bucket here." Uh, you know, you guys will remember the good times. But anyway, Scott, go ahead. What do you have for our guest, uh, Melissa Canunias? <laughs> Hi, Melissa. Um, so tell me a little Hi. bit about that. Tell me a little bit more, like about the series. Like, how was your like? What was your development phase on this? You know, like, did you go pitching to different places or different production companies, or how did you go about this? We we haven't we haven't pitched it yet. We're still just waiting for the editing, and then we're we're going to be pitching it at at that point. So once it's once it's fully edited, we'll, we're going to pitch it. And that's the we, we I guess we're um, you know hoping that we can find someone that would would like to take it on and fund it and you know, uh, and possibly, you know, um, back us up on a series. But um, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a funny show. It's very, it's very silly, comedic, um, and I, I think people would like it. But I just, I just uh, directed my first comedy. So, you know, oh, that's really? kind of interesting. Yeah, my my latest one is a short called Five Losers on a Line, and that's a comedy. Before that, I, my other two pictures were horror films, and my next one after this that Icon talks about the Black Ten is going back to the horror field for me. Oh, the for horror, horror films, I I I understand. Are you part of the um, Friday the Thirteenth um, Bloodbath? Was it? Uh, uh, no, I think that's Anthony Fernandez's picture. I think that's Anthony. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the other. That's the, that's the other project I've been involved in. Friday the Thirteenth, Blood Loss. Blood Loss, yeah, that's the other one, yeah. But that, uh, yeah, Scott, I, I, Scott Hannah's got the Black Tent uh, that uh, I'm involved the in, Black and uh, the, the other guy you're going to be meeting here in a second. Oh, awesome! It, is that also is that right now being filmed at this point, or is that something that you're still working on uh, casting and everything? Which one, the black tent? Oh, the black tent. Yeah. Yeah, the black tent. We're we're still we're in pre-production on that one. We're we're going to be working really hard after the new year on it, locking down locations. We've got most of the cast together. There's still some, you know, the main roles are mostly all taken, but we still have some, you know, some of the supporting roles that we're still be looking to fill after, you know, after the new year when we get closer to filming. I'm going more for like a Tim Burton look this time, more German expressionism, you know. Because I was just watching it. It was funny. I was watching um, The Son of Frankenstein the other day on television, the old movie, and I didn't realize there was so much German expressionism in that film. So you know, I was like looking at that, and that kind of really gave me some inspiration as well. <laughs> And you know the uh, you know the sad the sad thing is we found out last week that the the love scene between me and Alexis Baca was ripped out of the was ripped out of the script by Alexis herself, uh, but uh, she said she would consider it when I told her it was uh, uh, going to be with would be with my stunt double who uh, who's like me 
but he's a little taller and his face is different. Anyway, uh, we have uh, Melissa Quinones <laughs> as our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we've got about uh, 20 minutes here uh, left. I now want to introduce, introduce you to uh, the man of the hour. He's our resident wrestler, and he's a tough guy, and he would also uh, like to apply to maybe be part of your um, – uh, your 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 protection crew, maybe uh, a bodyguard in the future. Uh, so, Matthias, what do you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, <laughs> North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSE World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be uh, NSC World Heavyweight Champion, APW United States Champion, EWI Epic Champion, and BZW World Champion. An honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. And he has no ego, really. It's self-confidence. There ain't yeah, no he's ego so, about he's it. he's so shy and reserved. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to come out of your shell, Matthias. <laughs> Absolutely not. But my main question to you would be, because this is the one thing I I'll ask you two questions, and the first one for you would be, if you could go back in time, and somebody came up to you and said, after what you've known, what you've been doing for your life as of right now, and you go back in time, and they say you can only do one of these things, whether it's working with films, whether it's modeling, whether it's all this kind of stuff. Which part of your life would you choose to keep doing forever, and you can only pick one, and why? It would definitely be acting, and it would definitely be because I, I'm the most comfortable when I'm uh, in front of the camera. I feel better. I feel good about that. I feel mm-hmm. confident. Um, I just I I feel at home when I'm when I'm acting. So that's, that would be definitely what I would choose. And then my second question to you would be, and uh, a lot of people will, when they get asked this question, you'll get a varied amount of answers depending on who you ask and, and in regards to what they've been doing out there throughout their entire career and stuff like that. So the question is, who would you say would be one of your heroes slash main influencers that, kind of aided you along the path to doing what you do today? Oh, wow. I was not expecting. Okay. So, um, <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm a big comedy fan. So it's funny because the people that inspire me are, are comedians of also Jim Carrey. Love him. Um, Sandra Bullock, love her. Like, just anybody who has expression and comedy, uh, all of the Wayans brothers, like, just those types of people. That's just, that's that, that's who I idolize. Bugs Bunny, that's my man. <laughs> like, Fair enough. You know, that's the kind of... <laughs> so, uh, so, so you like those guys with the buck teeth, huh? How about those guys with the missing teeth? Um <laughs> so you're telling me so you're telling me there's a chance no okay anyway <laughs> uh we have uh melissa jones our guest here and uh we got about uh 17 here in minnesota with uh, melissa 
Now, uh, one thing, uh, of course, we get a lot of our information here from imdb.com, and if any information is incorrect, you'll have to fire them, not our producer. But uh, the one project that's listed for you in imdb.com, would you be willing to tell us about that? I do believe that you play the main character in that movie. I, I played the mother of the main character in that movie. Um, I, that That's a funny story, actually. I didn't even know I had <laughs> I had an IMDb until about two years ago, and this film was filmed in 2011. It was a student film, and the girl was phenomenal. Her name is Katrina Kudlick, and she she did everything. She did the the filming, the the sound, every everything. She did it all, and uh, she did this film, and it was called Reticent. I played the mother, and then uh, I started going to acting class about two years ago, and my acting coach had all of my information. Like, he made a comp card for me, and I'm like, how did, how did you know my information? He's like, I Googled you. And I'm like, oh. So I Googled me, and I see an IMDb, and it said Melissa Quinones, and I'm like, nah. And then it said Reticent, and I was like, what? <laughs> and that's how I found out I even had a credit for uh, a, a movie as an actor um, a few years ago at, at, for a movie that was done 12 years, 12 years ago. You know, so, I'm yeah, kind of interested. Was... I'm kind of interested about that. When you Googled yourself, were you shocked to find out what you saw about yourself that you maybe even didn't know? That was That was probably the most shocking piece of information I got about myself was that yeah that I had an IMD credit I, other than that I I I I kind of expected anything else on there <laughs> but I didn't realize there were a billion Melissa Quinones that that was one shocker I thought it was very unique me but no <laughs> so so like uh like when you googled yourself to say uh Lives in a mansion on a beach and uh, drives a Ferrari for for cappuccino every day. There's some of them that do. I'm like, I wish that was me. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was a there's a lawyer, there's a famous singer. There's, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of interesting uh, Melissa Quinones is out there, but just. There's only one me though, so. <laughs> right, and, and you are and you are awesome. We de- we definitely know that. Uh, awesome, that's true. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Melissa. Uh, let, let's kind of go. Uh, let's kind of go back a little bit uh, to this uh, TV series that you're talking about. Now, is this uh, like a series that you'd like to uh, like be picked up like one of the major networks like CBS, NBC, ABC, or Fox, or would you like to have like a Netflix sort of thing? Or yeah. like another streaming service. Yeah, I think the streaming service that I would rather, I think would be more suitable for for it, and and I think it's just I think people are more stream more now than they do watch TV. So I think yeah, I would rather a streaming service. Netflix would be great. You know, that would probably be ideal. Um, but yeah, definitely something like that. Well, you know, this, this is an interesting form of discussion. I'll bring uh, uh, Scott and uh, Matthias in on this. Matthias, do you have uh, do you have cable or do you stream? Uh, well, I did uh, get a 
service of cable back when uh, I first started, when I first started living in Fargo. Um, I got Dish Network. Um, basically what it did was I, it was a cable Wi-Fi deal, but I hardly ever used the cable. But I'm more of a YouTube guy, but if I were to choose anything, I'm more of a streamer, I would say. And, uh, Scott, how about you? You, you, you must have, like, a, a, a big uh, satellite dish out in your front yard to stream all your stuff. Uh, streaming, yeah. I mean, like Matthias, I'm a YouTube guy. Um, but, yeah, definitely streaming for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had Dish uh, – not Dish Network. I had the DirecTV for the longest time. And the reason why I had DirecTV is because they had NFL Sunday Ticket. And guess what? They don't have NFL Sunday Ticket anymore. They sold it. <laughs> To Apple TV. So I'm like, why would I want to have Dish Network or DirecTV anymore? So, and uh, I, I will admit, in the area, the, the city I'm in right now, Twin Valley, is very limited. Uh, you can get DirecTV, you can get Dish Network, or you can get their local cable company. And what's interesting is, I don't know if you guys were aware of this or not, but most cable companies don't have cable boxes anymore. They actually have, uh, like, they're like little, like, fire sticks that you have to put into the back of your, your TV through the HDMI port and stream their services that way because they don't, they don't run cable anymore. Were you guys aware of this? Did you guys know about this? Or is it still the cable service? Or is yes. it just, okay, well, I mean, that it just it's improving with technology so you don't have to deal with a, with a huge box. I mean, I know mine is giving me issues, but I haven't really solved the matter because I'm paying a certain amount for just for good Wi-Fi. So I haven't really had any complaints. But, yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's kind of smart when you're moving along with the technology, especially with the new TVs they got coming out because all TVs basically have USB ports or HDMI ports. So it's just they're just moving along with the technology. Well, and you know, also most TVs are also smart TVs. So. Exactly, they're smart yeah, TVs, so they get a lot of the apps. Yeah. Right, and I yeah, that's, that's what I do. Everybody must think I, everybody will think I'm. Well, I know everybody thinks I'm a geek anyway, but it doesn't matter to me. But anyway, I have every single app that you could think of. I, I have a Roku, Roku, whatever you want to call it, and every single app that they have available, I have downloaded on that. So. If I want to watch uh, 50s Westerns on a Saturday night, I can do that. Uh, if I want to watch uh, old uh, sci-fi flicks, I can do that. If I want to watch those great C-minus, D-plus horror films that you used to watch on Saturday nights or uh, even those campy uh, teen comedies from the 80s where you used to have to stay up, uh, uh, sneak up uh, and watch it on the TV like USA Up All Night when your parents went to bed, you know, you would sneak up. Well, that was maybe me, not you guys. But anyway, I, I, well, what are they going to do? Ground me? I'm like 45 years old, so it doesn't matter now. But anyway, back in the, I'll admit, I used to, I used to sneak up after my parents would go to bed. I would flip on USA Network, and it would either be Rhonda Shear or it would be Gilbert Gottfried or uh, uh, Carolyn Schlitt, and the, it was called USA Up All Night. It was on Friday nights and Saturday nights. 
but before that, I used to actually watch Mad Frank on KBRY uh, before I got a little older. And, you know, as you get a little older, you want to see more stuff than campy horror films. So I started watching USA Up All Night, you know, Sneak Up, whatever. Now, I don't know if you guys ever did that because you guys are all saints. I understand this. And I, I'm the evil guy here. But it's just kind of, it's just like one of those things. That, uh, and back to my point, streaming services, I think, are, are – are here to stay. I don't think they're going away. And uh, the reason why I ask, uh, now, now, Scott, with uh, you as an independent film director, uh, would you find it easier to, like, uh, sell your uh, projects to, like, uh, like Roku, or uh, would you rather have it featured on, like, HBO or Cinemax or Showtime or the movie channel? I mean, the best – I mean, when I shoot my movies, I'm always kind of thinking, you know, cinematically, so – I'm always kind of thinking, you know, old school theatrical, you know. I mean, I grew up in the time when, you know, VHS rentals and then even DVD sales, which that's pretty much a thing of the past now. You know, everything's on the cloud. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it would be great, you know, to see like Netflix or somebody like that pick up, you know, my, my stuff. You know, that would be the ultimate goal. But I, I, but, I mean, for my horror stuff and all, my dream was Screen Factory. That's like the number one place that, you know, I just think that they, they have the best distribution, you know, uh, going right now for horror. That's so, with, with, so, so with that service, uh, it, so it's just, it, it is a streaming service or uh, you sell them the film and then they put it out on DVDs and Blu-rays? Yeah, they do, they do Blu-ray and 4K and all that, yeah, but... I, they, I know they did have a streaming uh, app or something like that. I know they did a couple of years ago because um, I was watching some stuff on there, but uh, lately I've been a little bit busy, so I haven't been had a lot of time to look at that stuff. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but that's uh, from my research. That's 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 pretty much my you know my dream is to see my stuff go with Screen Factory. And uh, Melissa, with uh, with that, um, with your series. That uh, you have, uh, you you said you you filmed four episodes. Now, uh, do you plan on uh, how many episodes total would you want to have for like the first season, or if you like start out as a mid-season replacement, how many would you want to have, and then how many would you want to have for season two, season three, so on and so forth? I I think ideally we would get twelve to start off with, just to just to be able to to pitch it and have, you know, know that that if they like the pilot that we're already ready to have the series start and go. So that that would be I think that would be ideal currently. You know, and with that being said, you know, it it would be cool if uh, uh and I'll ask your opinion on this. It would be cool though, uh you know, cuz a lot of actors nowadays uh what is the main thing that drives a lot and I'm not saying all actors and actresses but what is the main thing that drives actors and actresses nowadays? It's money. You know, some want to get paid, uh, you know, like up front. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come be part of your project, but it's going to cost you It's going to cost you $5,000 for me to be on set for 10 minutes. And, uh, and that may be a bad example, but, like, if you take someone like me, and I can't speak for Matthias, but if you take someone like me that's willing to come work for you and then – uh, when the project is successful, you know, you send me residuals afterwards, would you be more apt to someone that you have to pay up front or someone that you can pay on the back end? Um, that's, 
That's a good question. I I I assume that that um, from what I've been doing, like, because I've I've done a lot of uh, extra work and a lot of uh, you know work for independent films and stuff like that. So usually, you know, they're asking, they're paying you right then and there, or they'll pay you, you know, after the fact. But usually, they'll pay you right then and there. So I'm assuming that everybody would want it that way. I don't know personally if it's you know. Not a lot of money doesn't matter to me, but um, you know, if it, when you're coming into like the thousands and stuff like that, then you know, I guess it's it depending on the person. I would definitely like to get my money up front <laughs> or get residuals if I'm, you know, definitely know that this is going to go somewhere. Uh, Melissa Quinone is our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and uh, we got about uh, five minutes here before our, our next guest pops in. Uh, so, so we can do this here, so we don't forget, uh, Melissa. If our fans want to check out, see, you got a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? So I have, I have pretty much all of that, um, and I have a my my um, website, melissaquinones.com, has all of that on there, and has my, um, it has some of my videos, um, it has uh, all of my. Um, um, all of my accounts, as far as Instagram and Facebook, and everything's attached to that. So Melissa Quinones with an S dot com. Although, in, in when you go on to the website, it's I have to get this corrected because the person that made this website put my last name. They put a Z on the end of my last name, but it's the website's correct. Melissa Quinones with an S dot com. And that'll bring and, up everything else I have. You know, the other thing I was going to ask you uh, on your last name, you have that uh, you have that little cool little thing above the N, uh, and I, this doesn't matter. But what is that? I'm kind of curious. I, I, I tried to find that all over. What is that? That's the makes that's the Spanish letter for N, which makes the N have that N sound. <laughs> so it's Quinones. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Because usually, uh, usually when I hear that, usually when I hear that end because I, I I try to ask somebody out for a girl for a date, she's a like, yeah, you know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I I think we talked a little bit about this, uh, Melissa, when I was, uh, and I know our fans are tired of hearing about this too, but uh, you know, when I was a senior in high school, you know, I did try to get a date for prom, believe it or not, and uh, I asked uh, twelve girls out. And 13 turned me down because uh, this one gal came up and said, don't even think about asking me. Uh, okay, no problem. Uh, you're you're fine. Don't worry about it. So I I crossed the captain of the cheerleaders right off of my dance card that night. Shocking, but it's true. Anyway, so we have uh, Melissa as our guest here. And uh, I, I do want to thank you for taking time on your schedule uh, to be with us tonight. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you for uh, having me. Right, and uh, like I said, we, we got about uh, we got about three minutes here left with you. But uh, you know, I'll tell you what, you do have my number, and uh, I understand you'd be like uh, most gals that have my number, and they never call it again. They just uh, like fall it away in like their bad memory file. <laughs> but uh, uh, when when you start doing more of this uh, TV development, if you uh, need an extra that can uh, bring the spark to the 
to the set, you know, some entertainment value, some comic relief, whatever it is, uh, and uh, someone uh, that can uh, make sure there's no leftovers of catering, you have my number. I'm willing to come work for you. <laughs> I would love that. I would definitely love that. Absolutely. That's awesome. And we could definitely we will create a show just for you, just for the icon. And, uh, and, I, and, I'll, and, I'll bring, and I'll bring Matthias with me, too, and he does his own stunts. That's awesome. We could totally write him in, too. You have no idea how chaotic this show can be. It's going to be amazing. So, like, if you, have, uh, if you need someone that needs to be thrown through a table, Matthias, will, Matthias can do that. If you need someone that uh, needs to get beat up by a cheese grater, Matthias can do that. And probably his claim to fame, if uh, you need someone that, that, can get, that needs to get poked with thumbtacks, he's your guy. That sounds that sounds exciting. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Melissa. You have been so awesome. I'm glad that uh, that you've been on with us tonight, and I, uh, I I value your friendship, and you are so awesome. And thank you for being with us. And we'll definitely have you on again uh, to talk more about the series as it gets going. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate meeting you. It was nice meeting you, Matthias. It was nice meeting you, um, Scott. And, uh, yeah, and the icon. It was great meeting you. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate this. This is really great for me. And, you, and you'll be happy to know I do have your number on speed dial. That's <laughs> that's good. That's good. Call me anytime. <laughs> All right. You guys heard it here first. All right. Thanks, Melissa, for joining us. We love you. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. All right. Melissa Quinones, ladies and gentlemen. So we're waiting for our next guest here, and uh, uh, he is a he's a, he's a biggie. Uh, he's the hostess with the most. He's Donnie Most. Of course, you know him as Ralph Mel from Happy Days, and uh, we're going to talk to him. He's going to be calling in here shortly. And uh, I'm sure that you guys uh, know what Happy Days is, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with him when he calls in. So uh, we're just waiting for uh, when he calls in. We'll take a little commercial break, and uh, then we will start uh, then, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, I do believe he's on the air. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick little commercial timeout. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us right after this. So, if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, Happy Days are here again. He is the reason why the sitcom Happy Days was as popular as it is. He is the hostess with the mostest. He is Donnie Most. Hey, this is Donnie Most, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kens FM with your host, the icon, and also with the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias. 
How are you, sir? Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. We are so happy you're here, sir. Uh, how should we address you? Should we say Mr. Most? Uh, can we call you Don? Uh, 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 should we call Don? you Mr. Royalty? How should we address you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Don or Donnie is fine, whichever uh, suits you at the moment, because I go by both. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do, Donnie. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun here with you. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, first off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun. Oh, well, where should I begin? <laughs> well, wherever, wherever you want. You're, you're the man. Uh, you're, you're the one that's... Uh, uh, you're the one that's got uh, 12 figures in, in, in his checking account compared to us, so go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, I was born in Brooklyn, in the Flatbush section of Brooklyn, and um, had a great upbringing there. Went to uh, public schools and then uh, Erasmus Hall High School, which is kind of legendary. It's one of the oldest high schools in the country and has alumni such as Barbara Streisand, and uh, Barbara Stanwyck and and Lainey Kazan and and um, Mae West and on and on and um, and it was a fabulous time for me back then. And then I moved out to L.A. Uh, when I was 20. I had finished my junior year in college at Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, and um, I went out to L.A. I'd been you know I'd been pursuing singing and acting since I was 13, uh, going into Manhattan on the subway for lessons at different schools for, for, for acting, singing, dancing, and then wound up getting to be part of a nightclub troupe uh, when I was 15 years old, singing in the Catskill Mountains, which was a resort area of state New York, and I was singing in all the nightclubs up there in the hotels when I was 15. It's kind of crazy. And then... Um, then moved in, really shifted my focus into acting and was doing, doing work over the next four years, uh, a lot of commercials and some TV, uh, a little theater, and then went to L.A. And I was only going to stay out there for the summer, get my feet wet, and then uh, go back to college for my senior year and then come back to L.A. and, and hit the ground running. But um, things started moving for me pretty quickly during that summer landed a couple of roles on uh, guest star TV shows you know guest starring roles on TV shows and then uh, my agent convinced me to stay in LA and not go back to school <laughs> yeah, take six months off and uh, you could always go back and so that I, I did that and got a few more parts and then nothing for the several months and I thought oh I made a big mistake uh, and then the Happy Days interview came up followed by uh, another callback for another audition and another callback for another audition and then a screen test. And um, then I wound up getting a, you know, part in the, uh, for the pilot of Happy Days and we shot it in November of, of uh, 73 and then went on the air in January of 74. So there's, That's awesome. there's that, there's that part of, of my, you know, that's uh, within the first 20 years of my life. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're, you're, back, you're back doing singing again. Now, you have an album out, don't you? Yeah, I have a new CD out called uh, New York High. 
and um, it's doing really well. My my producer decided, uh, for reasons that I won't, you know, don't need to bore people with, but he, he decided to release uh, the one of the singles from the CD, uh, New York High, actually, uh, in the UK, and um, and it's hit the charts there. There's a there's a chart there called the Heritage Chart. It goes out to like 80 countries, but it's based in the UK, and it's. Um, it's it's a pretty popular chart there, and and I've been climbing the charts, um, you know, from starting at number forty and thirty something, and da, 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 and I'm now up to number six um, on the heritage chart for that song. So uh, that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that, and um, you'll see it's going to be a little tough to climb too much higher because uh, uh, in number two right now on that chart is Ringo. Uh, with a song, uh, Rewind Forward, I believe. And then the number one of the Beatles, a uh, uh, song now and then. I must be uh, like a, you know, old, uh, undiscovered track or something. But anyway, so it's a little, going to be tr- tricky. Hopefully I can move up a little bit, but I don't know if I can surpass that kind of uh, royalty, so to speak. Uh, Donnie Moser, I guess, here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we got about, uh, well, we got about uh, 23 minutes here with Donnie, and uh, we're going to ask him uh, a lot of stuff here. Uh, but uh, before we do that, uh, I want to introduce you to my co-host, and uh, we're going to come back to me, and uh, uh, I'm going to tell a, a, a quick little story about uh, uh, Donnie. You and I have a little bit of history here in Fargo, so we'll wait everybody's whistle for that here in just a second, but uh First, I want to introduce you to my uh, co-host, one of my co-hosts. He's on my right. His name is Scott Hand. Uh, Scott, what do you have for our guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie Most? Hi, Donnie. Uh, I want to ask you, when you got into acting, like, what was your inspiration? Like, did you have a favorite movie that made you want to go into it? What what got you started? Oh, Oh, man, that's a great question. Yeah, definitely. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I was um, initially... Sort of my first love was uh, was singing because I'd seen the movie The Jolson Story when I was nine, nine years old, and um, yeah. I became like obsessed with with that movie and Jolson, mm-hmm. and then that kind of introduced me to that whole genre of music, you know, it's what we consider the Great American Songbook, and um, that's what really got me into it. Uh, but then um, after that summer that I was performing in the Casco Mountains, I started, you know, there was a great, it was a great period for movies in the late 60s and early 70s. It was a bit of a renaissance uh, in terms of filmmaking. Uh, it was going a more in the independent style. And there were some incredible films that I started becoming exposed to. And, you know, films like uh, Midnight Cowboy and with Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman, The Graduate, Dustin Hoffman, some of the uh, great Paul Newman films, uh, Cool Hand Luke, uh, Hustler. And um, but then um, I saw a movie when I was 17 called Five Easy Pieces. Uh, a lot of people might not even though you'll know who's a star very, very well, but might not know that film. It was his second film, uh, second, well, it's third film, really. But it was Jack Nicholson in Five Easy Pieces. And Jack just kind of blew me away. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I was also a fan of James Dean, um, who uh, 
seen, you know, movies from earlier. But but Nicholson just uh, did something to me that, uh, that that's what really inspired me to, to mm-hmm. pursue acting in a big way. Um, and then I went on to see uh, the film he'd done right before that, which I didn't see till after, was uh, Easy Rider. And then then I saw him in um, The Last Detail, which he was fabulous in, Carnal Knowledge, and mm-hmm. then, of course, Chinatown. Um, so... So Nicholson was was the one. I mean, but but all but the other actors too. I mean, it was during that time, you know, like I said, and then of course, you know, Pacino and De Niro um, in in seventy two with The Godfather. But um, it was an it was an incredible time of films, and it, it definitely inspired me into acting. It inspired me to go into filmmaking. You know. Oh yeah. Seventies, yeah, a lot. Of, like I would catch a lot of those those horror movies sometimes would stick with me, like John Carpenter's Halloween and Count Yorga, you know, because I mostly do horror, but I did my uh-huh. first comedy. So it's like the horror movies always during that time. I mean, that, yeah, Salem's Lot, you know, that Stephen King, uh-huh. you know, that was a and many series. Oh, yeah. That was one that you know the, all the kids that my class were watching. We were all having nightmares. <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah. those kind of things stick with you, and it's like that's. You know, it got to a point you weren't seeing a lot of, you know, we weren't seeing a whole lot of movies like that lately, you know. So, I, you know, I kind of wanted to go back to, you know, the root of horror and try to make them scary again, you know, tell a good story. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to be the story. It's got to be a good story. The play Absolutely. is the thing, you know. Um, yeah, otherwise, you know, it's just a lot of sort of moments, uh, cool uh, moments, whether it be special effects or just sort of, um, you know, horror moments, but if it doesn't yeah. have the binding the binding element underneath it all that will draw you in and then have have the great effect when, when you want to reveal certain things or have certain things happen, um, if it's just, you know, just for show, it's not going to have the resonance. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, like like when we were doing Light K and in the development process of it, uh, my mentor who passed away before I could write the first draft of the script, we were talking about the um, how um, Lon Chaney Jr. played Lawrence Talbot. He was very, you know, as the movies were progressing, he was, you know, a tortured character. You know, he remember he always just wanted to die, you know, because he didn't want to keep coming back as the Wolfman and killing people. So right. that was kind of a plot device I had that I was using with Light K as well. I thought it was time to kind of go back to that kind of character. I think the time's yeah. right for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, those are the kind of things that you remember. You know, um, there's got to be something, uh, some real meat on the bone, you know, as opposed to just yeah. just a lot of uh, flashing, flashing uh, effects and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it has to have a, it has to have like a motivation. It has to have a heart. I think sometimes too. I think sometimes when you have something like that in certain movies, that really draws you, even if it's a horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter what the genre is. It all no, starts I agree. With, with the script and and the story. Uh, yeah. It's got to be solid, really solid. I do want to I do want to tell you one thing. I grew up watching Happy Days, and I think you and Ron Howard both left around the same time, didn't you? Yeah, the same season. After the That's what season. I thought. 
Yeah, because yeah. it was like after when you guys left, it, the show was never the same for me. I really had a hard time getting into it after you guys left. Uh huh. Yeah, I've heard that from other people, and I, I, I could understand that. You know, you're used to it with this uh, cast and the dynamics of what it was, and then all of a sudden they had to they had to change it because, well, you know, Richie and Ralph were gone, and and yeah, Anson kids me sometimes because Anson and I were great friends. Um, you know, he, he said I was like kind of left standing, and and um, they didn't know what to do with me because you know there was no Ralph and no Richie, so his part like got smaller and smaller over the next four years, yeah. and he kind of kiddingly, kiddingly blames me for that. But they, you know, it had to change, and um, I didn't watch the show after that, so I, I can't really, uh, you know, give any any assessment, but. Um, uh, yeah, I've heard from other people, you know, of course, that they felt it wasn't the same. Uh, but, no. you know, it ran, still ran for four more years. So, um, yeah. it, it, But I guess, you know, a lot of that you'd have to give credit to um, you know, the huge popularity that Henry had in, in, in the role of Fonzie. And, and, and then, of course, Marion and Tom were still on the show. And, um, yeah, so so uh, it it still lasted, even though we had – Jump the shark, as they say. That's what created the uh, the slogan "Jump the Shark," uh, which I remember that episode really well. And and um, thinking, oh my God, what what what's going on? You know, I thought the scripts, I thought the scripts were starting to kind of go downhill. And that that was one one of the reasons I one of the reasons uh, um, I didn't renew my you know when my contract uh, came up. And, and Ron, of course, uh, had aspirations to do other things. Uh, I, I, I don't know whatever happened with that, but, uh, you know, I wish Ron luck. <laughs> uh, Donnie Moses, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, we need to uh, take a quick little time out here uh, to play a little legal ID situation here. We'll be right back, so stick with us. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent Public Radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And we have about uh, 15 minutes here with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie Most. And he is, I'm not taking anything away from any of our other guests, but he's probably the most statured guest that we've ever had. So, uh, uh, Donnie, before I ask you a few more questions and you my story, uh, we're going to bring on the modern nightmare Matthias, and uh, uh, I know that uh, you like to give your uh, introduction, but he's already heard of Matthias, so go ahead. What do you have for our guest? Go right into it. Oh, well, i got to do my introduction. i got to do my little special thing, but uh, yes, yeah, I'll make it fast. You're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSC World Tag Team Champion, soon to be APW United States Champion, NSE World Heavyweight Champion, and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. My main question to you would be, in as as being a professional wrestler, uh, you tend to run across some guys that you know you don't necessarily agree with, or you work with them and, and you realize kind of like their inner true character shows. And you just, you know, you just, you don't really want to mess with them. You don't really want to talk to them anymore. You don't want to work with them anymore. Have you 
ever experienced someone like that where, you know, you had to work with them and then you realize, you know, hey, I, they just aren't what I want, what I need, or they're just not really the person I, I thought they were, and you just decided I would never work with them again, or, or has everyone kind of been uh, smooth sailing throughout your career? And you can't say me because that would be too easy. <laughs> wow, that's quite a question. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever had an experience, you know, quite as extreme where, you know, I'm like, wow, this person I don't want to have anything to do with, and you know, where it was a really bad experience. Uh, you know, there might have been a couple in some some a regional theater that I did um, where. Uh, there was, you know, where I really clashed with somebody, but you know, we had to keep doing the play, and um, you know, you, and you do it, you find a way. Um, that's what that's what your job is, you know, and you have to stay professional and keep that part of it out. And some, and I remember, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think of this until just now because when you asked that question, because in film and TV, I never really had that, but but. But in one or two theatrical productions, yes, and it was difficult. Uh, but you you have to. Um, there's a way you de- you compartmentalize somehow, and and you and you leave any of the personal stuff, you know, um, off stage. Um, and while you're on stage, you're just doing what you were hired to do and what you were trained to do. That that was my experience. Gotcha. Ralph, uh, I'm sorry, Ralph, Ralph, I'm sorry, Donnie Moses, I guess we're on any way, one, one gets in, we've got about 15 minutes here with uh, Mr. Moses. Now, uh, one thing, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Don, but uh, when you, uh, you, were, you actually made an appearance here in Fargo at the Roger Maris Golf Tournament, and uh, I, was, I, I was that little kid that uh, ran up to you and uh, uh, gave you a big hug, and I asked you to sign up my program, and I asked you to sign up Ralph Melt. I don't know if you remember that or not. <laughs> Well, I've had a few of those along the way, so I don't know if I remember that specific one, but um, I certainly do remember uh, playing and participating in the Roger Maris Golf Tournament. Um, I, I did it for several years, probably maybe three years in a row, something like that. Um, I yep. was a huge, I was a huge Yankee fan growing up, and that was, you know, when I started following baseball. It was 1959, 1960, and um, that's when Maris came to the team. Uh, he was traded from Kansas City to the Yankees, I think, in '60. And so that's, and then of course, I was a big Mickey Mantle fan. And then there was the six, incredible '61 season. So um, when when I got invited to to be, you know, able to play. And, and Roger had passed away already. Uh, I did get to meet him about probably a, a year or two years earlier at some event, another golf event, and I was so excited to meet Roger and Pat and his wife. And um, I guess I exchanged numbers or something, and that's why uh, Pat invited me uh, a couple of years later. And... Um, and I got to meet Mara's family and, and get to know them and spend time. And, and they had a great golf tournament. So I have terrific memories of, of my time up there in Fargo for that. 
Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you were here for the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th. I'd have to look that up, but I do believe that's when you were here. Uh, and uh, I myself have been to every uh, – well, with the exception of the last couple of years, but uh, I've been to every single – me and my father together have been to every single tournament. And, oh, wow. Uh, I remember when my and you know I used to be that you know that little autograph seeker that used to run around the course and chase mm-hmm. everybody's golf cart down to, uh, to get everybody's uh, uh, to get everybody's autograph and I actually met you the first time I met you was at the banquet and uh, oh. you I, I I knew that you were in a hurry and but you you stopped what you were doing and you took a picture with me and I still have that and I do appreciate that oh. I never got to thank you for that oh that's great I'm so glad to hear that. I'm glad I I wasn't in so much a hurry that I didn't stop. I would have not liked to hear that part of the story that I didn't stop for you. So I'm so glad that I did. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was there was such a great feeling of um, you know friendship and community there that I felt um, when during my time up there. It was really uh, it was very memorable. And uh, also uh, that year, uh, I, like I say, if it was the 11th inning, that was also the year that Bobby Knight was here. Oh, yes. I remember he was one of the years I was there, Bobby Knight. Was there. I totally forgot and, uh, about that. Yeah, the year, uh, if you remember the year that he was here, uh, he showed up late. And, of course, no one's going to tell Bobby Knight what to do, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah uh, that's right. I kind of remember that now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, well, anyway, he he used a lot of uh, official adult language, and we'll, we can we can curb that for another time. But uh, this is Donnie. Most time, we got about uh, six minutes here with you, Donnie. And for those of you who listen to our uh, Facebook page, uh, our our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude to Era Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to Ken's uh, FM page, like that. Do a ten dollar month donation, follow the tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And, uh, Donnie, I'll understand if you turn me down, but would you be willing to send us a couple autographs for giveaways for our fans? I'm sorry, can I do some autographs for some fans? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, would you yes. be able to? Yeah, I, I don't know how we coordinate that, but if you can figure that out with me, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the address, and then I'll also send you a link for the show. So okay. yeah, whenever whenever you get a chance, we would appreciate that. Yeah. What well, you yeah. know, a couple of things I got to ask you here. We got about like I said, we got about uh, five uh, five minutes left here. Uh, now, when uh, uh, being uh, the character that you played, uh, do a lot of people recognize you in public and come up to you and say, you know, I love you in that show, or are you that guy? Um. Well, not as much now. Uh, you know, I'm certainly uh, look a little different. I'm a little older now than when I did the show. Obviously, you know, back in back in the day, uh, you know, it was it was you couldn't I couldn't really go once you know we got up to like number one and we stayed there for a while. Uh, it was hard to go anywhere without that happening, um, which you know it was a bit of a I think. It was, you know, great and exciting and all that, but then it's 24-7 and, you know, it's a little, it's like being in the twilight zone because all of a sudden your life is completely different. So it, it takes a little adjusting. But, um, but you know, it, as the years have gone on, it, that's, that's continue, continually faded. Um, 
and I, as I look different now, I get it sometimes, but, you know, not that often. It's, it's sort of uh, once in a while. Now, if I go out, I told you I'm great friends with Anson and still, still really good friends with, with Ron and Henry, um, but, but I, I spend more time because uh, we don't live that far away from each other. So when Anson and I are together somewhere, then it's different because then people, like when they see us together, it sort of hits, you know, hits, hits uh, quicker. And then people will come up to us. But when I'm by myself, I can go, you know, I can go for quite some time without getting recognized at all. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, somebody will recognize me. It's very kind of random. <laughs> You know, one thing I, one thing I, the other thing I was going to ask you, Donnie, is, uh, you know, um, Scott is an independent film director. Uh, would uh, you be willing to do a, 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 a if we can uh, talk into it, would you be willing to do a project with him in one of his uh, future uh, feature films? Well, de- definitely. Um, if, you know, it's like we talked about, it's all about the, the plays of the thing. If, if I like the script, you know, mm-hmm. if I like the script and the character, absolutely. I would be I'd be interested, so we'll have to stay in touch. And if you got yeah. something, Scott, um, you know, send it my something that you think uh, uh, you see me in in a certain role. Uh, send it my way. I'd be very happy to look at it and then communicate with you on that. Uh, and maybe uh, I would like to stay in touch with you too. And uh, maybe yeah, uh, we can use one of your one of your songs in the soundtrack. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Uh, that Absolutely. would be fun. Yeah, we'd have to come up with something that fits the bill, and uh, that would be fun, definitely. Um, it, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I, my last two, the two CDs that I've had out in the last six years are primarily uh, jazz standards, but there's some, you know, some other genres I've mixed in there, some blues, and and then even some some stuff from the classic rock here, but um, you know, I'm pretty open and and and. Could could uh, I think it adapt to different styles um, if it musically feels right, you know? So so that would be fun. Yeah, Scott, Don, let's stay what's, in touch. Yeah, what's the best way to contact you, Don? Well, um, I believe you've got my um, um, my number because you're going to uh, you're going to send me the addresses for the autographs. So so you've got okay. us. I'll get it. I can get it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, would I would I be able to pass him your number? And I, I yeah. I, and then yeah. because I'll understand yeah. what now that you now that you give him your number, I'll understand if you like every other guest that unlist their number afterwards, or uh, they have <laughs> my name they have my name saved as do not answer this. Uh, you know. No. No. no absolutely. Pass got pass my number on to Scott so we can we can uh, collaborate a little. Right. Excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, you know, you know, Donnie. My theme song is "Here's My Number." Call me maybe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> call me not. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Donnie Moser. I guess we we got we got just a few minutes. Now, one thing I was going to ask you, uh, Donnie, real quick is uh, when uh, you were just coming off the show, and uh, you know, you were on 167, uh, 167 episodes. And uh, your character was quite popular. Did you ever worry about uh, typecasting uh, when you were done with the show, or did did that not? Oh yeah. Was that not oh, a thing oh, back yeah. then? Oh no, it, it was very much a thing back then. Much more so now than than now, because there were three networks, 
and and you know there wasn't so I, we had fifty sixty million people watching us every Tuesday night. Now you know if a show has five million people, it's it's a hit. So um, typecasting was a much bigger uh, a bigger thing to deal with back then than it is now because people are watching so many different things. Um, so that's one of the reasons you know, among several others that I did decide not to continue because I felt I needed to break away and I wanted to have a career beyond the show um, and, you know, for, for hopefully a long time and, and not just be so associated and locked into that role that it would be difficult. And my thing was playing, I, I was not like the character of Ralph. That was, uh, you know, that was, that was me taking on, somebody very different from myself and that's what was difficult because I knew people thought that's who I was and I wanted to play a wide variety of roles and it took us it was tough but I kept you know at it um it, in the beginning I told my agent I didn't want to do another series I didn't want to do tv for a while I wanted to try to just do film and theater and I went like six months without even being able to get an audition for a film um, so it was really tough, but I, I kept pecking away and, and I did some theater and then I finally, I said, okay, let's do some TV. And I got to do some roles that were a little different. I even did like Star Trek Voyager. I played like a, 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 a evil doctor type and then a uh, psychiatrist and the crow. And, and just started doing a lot of different things. And then people it started opening up and some independent films. I played a retired semi-alcoholic ball player who's alienated from his son and um and then uh and then more recently so it started really opening up especially i mean in the last five years um maybe because you know the age that i'm i'm in this new age bracket but i've, I've done like eight films in the last three years going from everything from playing a pastor to a polygamist literally i went from doing a, pa- a local pastor in one film, and the next one, I'm playing a polygamist. So um, I, I love being able to do this, and, and I played the owner of a, uh, a minor league hockey team and a prison guard and a king and a career criminal and then a Western called Far Haven. And then more recently, a true story based in the 20s in, in Detroit area about the bootlegging going on during Prohibition. I played the there were all these gangs that were vying for control. I played the head of the Jewish mob. It was the Purple Gang, and it was a totally different role. So um, this is what I, I love doing, but, yes, it was difficult um, when I first left the show, and I knew it was going to be difficult, but I had to make the break and had to start, uh, you know, chipping away at, at that brick wall in front of me. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Donnie, we don't, uh, we're, uh, we're past the time that we promised we we're going to keep you, but, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. You are awesome and you'll always be my hero. And, uh, you all, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, uh, but you're always going to be my favorite from a happy day. I mean, I always wanted to be the Fonz, but I was more like, uh, Ralph Melp in, in high school. So that's why I love you so much, man. You're awesome. Well, thanks so much, Icon and Scott and, and it was great it was talking awesome, with Don. you. And, um, yeah, and we'll stay in touch. Okay? Yes. All right. I appreciate it. Right, we appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Take care. 
All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was the that was Donnie Most, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings. So here's what we need to do. We need to take another quick little timeout. We'll be back having these messages. So stick with us. We'll be right back. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he's going to say, listen, Busta, because he is Bruce Busta Soja. Hey, hey, hey. This is true. It's actor Bruce Busta Soja. And you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, and also with the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey guys, how you doing, sir? How, how's it going, man? Great, Good man. to have you. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you for having me. I'm honored. And with as tall and as big as with as many tattoos you are, I'm going to walk with padded paws with every question I ask you. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to have some fun, man. I'm here for you. All right, so here's how we'll do this. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, then we'll go to uh, we'll go to Scott, then we'll go to the uh, Modern Nightmare there. Uh, but first off, if you want to give us a little quick a little background about yourself, then we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Sure. So um, I am a method actor. Um, I've been on some TV shows and, and movies um, I'm a 47-year-old guy that just recently moved to S- South Florida. My family man. Um, I, it, you know, I fly out for gigs. I, I'm in LA. I'm in Atlanta. I'm in New York, New Jersey. Yada yada yada. I just came back from Boston. I'm having a great time. I got into acting um, later in life, um, as is the case with a lot of guys. Uh, I'm more of a blue-collar guy by nature. I got a Class A CDL and a barbershop license. I used to own a bunch of barbershops. So, you know, it's a, the whole acting thing kind of came on as maybe we'll call it a midlife crisis, if you will. And uh, it's it's just been a hell of a ride, man. I'm really enjoying the journey. And uh, 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 in a second, I'm going to introduce you to... Uh, uh, a, an independent film director, maybe we can uh, get you in one of his projects. But we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, one thing I do got to ask you, Bruce, is, uh, uh, you know, you have, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned that you used to own a, a lot of barbershops, but uh, I just got to ask you about all your different tattoos. Are, are you sure you didn't have, a, like, like, a tattoo shop, too, somewhere? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Briefly, I did own a tattoo shop. I was never a tattoo artist myself. But um, it was kind of like an investment along the way. At one point when I, you know, I started diversifying, I was running nightclubs, I was doing different things while I simultaneously had built up, you know, a dozen barbershops. And I decided I was starting to get more and more tattoos uh, in my 30s. You know, I'm in my late 40s now. But And that was, you know, the funny thing is it became part of the gig. Like um, when the guys were paying the piper, their their rent money they you know i made a deal where i would get x amount of tattoo hours in the shop 
in exchange for, you know, some discounted rent and stuff like that. So it kind of led to, uh, you know, me having a handful of tattoos to having a, a ton of tattoos. So that, that's kind of how that happened. You know, and uh, you have uh, you have a lot of projects that you've uh, you've done, and uh, you know we get a lot of our information from imdb.com, and it says that uh, you have twelve uh, uh, projects coming up: uh, Thug, uh, The Finish Line, The Lunatics, uh, Micah, Fade In, Fade Out, uh, God Will Listen, Fourth uh, and Forty Four, uh, Coach Car. I want to. That's what I'm definitely going to ask you about. Uh, Jessica lives. Uh, X the end, uh, the end time uh, one, uh, once a week for life. Uh, so how do you keep all that straight with all those uh, projects that you got that you're working on? Uh, it's it's not as as task oriented as it seems. I mean, it's more a lot of times in this world when it, you know I I constantly audition for studio level projects through my Hollywood agents and whatnot. And um, you know when I get the studio level projects, the Netflix and stuff like that. You know those those are not as often. So those those occurrences are great when they happen. But in between, I keep my pencil sharp with a lot of the independent films and a lot of those films. Uh, some of those that you mentioned, I actually just finished. We wrapped some of them, and some of them are still upcoming. Um, so you know, I I do have a team. I have a manager. I have uh, a couple of agents in different markets. Um, and, and I'm a business guy myself, so I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, you know, even be, way before I got into the acting world. So once I plugged into the acting world, I just kind of took my business smarts and savvy with me, and I treat the acting business, it's a passion. It's, it's, it be, has become a, a great part of my life, a love, but I also treat it like a business. I'm very organized. Um, you know, I have a whole systematic approach to you know the whole the whole thing like auditioning to um marketing to uh, you know scheduling and i i actually like to i actually enjoy it i like the frenzy sometimes when you know i have some projects that are abutting each other and just the the rush of trying to schedule things back to back not let them overlap and negotiating deals and negotiating days like all that stuff is kind of what i already do in my you know, regular life outside of acting with the other business businesses and, and investments that I have. So it's it's uh it's actually fun for me. That's kind of part of the rush that I enjoy, believe it or not. You know, one of the projects I'm going to ask you about, then we'll uh, go to uh, go to my uh, my co uh, my co-host. But uh, the movie um, Fourth and Forty Four, you play Coach Carter. It, is that's a true story, isn't it? Yeah, so that actually is is very current. That just wrapped. I think there's just a couple more scenes that are going into that, but I'm I'm wrapped on that film. So that is a, a based on a true story. Um, there's some. I don't want to give away too much, but it's it's a really cool premise. Um, I give you a quick rundown. Uh, there was a gentleman who grew up playing football, typical all-American guy, all-American family, and at some point along his way, he kind of got a little complacent he got a little bit you know he got a, a minor injury and kind of started hanging with the other injured guys and and lost his ambition lost his hustle lost his love lost his passion for the game ultimately it led to him making a series of life choices after high school or after college where he just kind of became a quitter in life like it's a, a very symbolic film and i love stuff like that with the message and uh with a kind of a happy ending if you will 
it's a family-oriented fa- film, and um, this gentleman, you know, the the actual uh, guy who the story's about, he's been in touch with myself and some of the other cast members, and he's a real friendly, um, fun-loving guy. So he ultimately, at 44 years old, in a drunken stupor, kind of put down his you know, had a moment or an epiphany where, man, where did I go wrong in life? I got this kind of dead-end job, and I, I kind of quit everything along the way, and I haven't really, you know, tried to become something bigger and better in life. And where did I leave off? And he says, you know what, I left off in college, so let me go back to where I started. It's kind of like a page from the almost not as extreme as a Billy Madison story, but it's uh, he goes back to community college, signs up for classes, and signs up for football simultaneously. And, I mean, the the beauty of this film is they chose a, a kid who's a stand-up comedian to be the lead who played uh, Marty Reichman, who was, you know, the name of the actual character. And uh, he's he's a real heavy set, jolly, funny, funny guy. I had a blast working with him. I played, you know, like you said, the head coach of the football team. So my contribution was, um, you know, running the football team in that aspect of the film and, kind of uh, had to kind of put up with his character. Like, oh, man, who, who, what coach on earth, college football coach, wants to deal with some 44-year-old fat slob who can't get out of his own way, never mind, get through the rigors of practice and through a game. And, you know, they, it, it is a comedy, so I'm sure you can read between the lines. There was a lot of funny moments on set, never mind um, the captures that we have on film. I'm sure it's going to be a, a great film for everyone that watches it. They're going to enjoy it. You know, and the other cool thing about that film is, and uh, uh, Scott, we're going to go to you next, but uh, uh, Scott, uh, Han, you know, the one cool thing about uh, that movie that we were just talking about is he was in the film with a co-star of ours. He was actually in, uh, Alexis Baca was actually in that film. And, uh, yeah, and Bruce, uh, uh, she is going to be starring with me uh, in a movie that Scott Han is directing called The Black Tent. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, Alexis did uh, uh, say that she was not going to do the love scene that was uh, supposed to be with me and her, but that's sort of another time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Scott, go ahead. What do you got for our guests? Let's see if you can get him in one of your films. Yeah. Um, Bruce, what, uh, what, what was basically, like, was there a certain actor, like, when you grew up that you saw? Like, what made you want to get into acting? Did you have a favorite movie? You know that that's a great question, Scott. Thank you for asking it. I I was more of a go outside and play sports and ride the BMX bike, and I was a paper boy. I was always, you know, an outdoors kid. I wasn't really. I loved movies just like anyone else, but I was. I never grew up saying, you know, I'm going to grow up and be an actor someday. I'm going to be an entertainer. I didn't really have those aspirations. I was more of a blue collar guy, like I said earlier, and I, you know, it didn't take. Uh, long when I was around 40 years old I was post-divorce you know started a new family and a lot of changes in life and I just wanted a fresh start all the way around and I was looking for searching for another avenue I've always been artistic and creative but I never really had the opportunity to find or pursue something that would invigorate my creative senses and you know like I said around 40 years old what happened was I got. I kept getting invited to an open casting call, more uh, specifically for what Mark Wahlberg was doing a film. And I'm originally from New England, from the Northeast. I grew up in between New York and Boston and Rhode Island. 
a smaller okay. state, and you guys probably don't even know what Rhode Island is, but, um, you know, it, all jokes yeah, it's aside. That, it's that real estate up in the corner, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's that little state <laughs> up in the corner. So, and, I, and I'm very proud of where I come from, but it, it made me the man I am today in a lot of ways. But anyway, I, I took a ride up to Boston, which is an hour north of where I grew up. And, um, you know, upon a lot of prodding, a lot of my friends and family were made, like, man, this guy's uh, – Mark Wahlberg's doing an open casting call for guys that are big and tough and scary and intimidating looking and beards and tattoos and muscles and blue collar and, like, Everything on this criteria was me, and it was screaming me, and I knew it. But at first, it's funny. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. I said, man, I don't know anything about acting. That's not for me. I, and I kind of discarded it. And it, had like, uh, it was like a week out from when I started getting invited. And, like, probably 60 different people tagged me and invited me. I finally decided to go, and I went begrudgingly. And Angela Perry, the owner of Boston Casting up there, she she did a hell of a job of kind of wrangling me and saying, man, you know, look at this guy in front of a crowd of a lot of people, basically, and I won't say some of the choice words she said, all complimentary, but in her, you know, northeast fashion, she basically said, you know, I want this guy to be a movie star and take acting classes, yada, yada, yada. So I was flattered, of course, and I felt special, and very soon after that I, I realized I had no idea what I was doing, So I, I, but I was, you know, intrigued, so I started taking acting classes, and I ended up really, really diving in deep, and I fell in love with the craft. And contrary to popular belief, you know, maybe if you look at me, you might say, ah, what does this guy know? But I'm more than just a look and more than just a sound and a presence. I really, truly am totally in love with the passion for the craft. I really enjoy creating and developing characters, and I think that's how I can attribute my success or my rocket ship, if you will, not to toot my horn, it's not me, but just the love for the for the creative process is, is really what has gotten me to the point I'm at in a short amount of time. And that's all I can say is great acting coaches, great audition coaches, like really diving in deep and, and reinvesting in myself and giving myself every opportunity to maximize every opportunity that comes my way. So uh, I didn't mean to deviate from your question, but really I'm an old school guy. I really love mm-hmm. the Godfather series. If you ask me what my favorite movie is, it's probably Godfather two. And, you know, I like mm-hmm. all the, the old, the tough guy gangster movies, Bronx tale and the Sopranos TV show. And all. I kind of grew up around that type of um, genre, if you will. So that, you know, a lot of the films I've done are a lot of that kind of genre, tough guy, alpha male, you know, city slicker, all that stuff. But, as of recent, like you said, I, I did just play a, a college football head coach. And previous to that, I played a pastor of a church. Um, so I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting blessed with opportunities to deviate from the mobster, the gangster, the tough guy, and I'm, I'm allow, I've, I've been very fortunate to be allowed to perform characters that go away from my typical typecast. But, of course, I do enjoy the, you know, my strong suit, and I'll always take those roles as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Sosa is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we still got plenty of time with uh, Bruce here. Uh, and uh, we, while well, we have about, uh, well, we got about uh, 25 minutes here. Uh, and for those of you who've never seen uh, what Bruce looks like, uh, Bruce is actually a cross between Dave Bautista, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and John Eric Hexum. So uh, picture that. Uh, and he, he's a big guy, and he. Uh, I mean, he 
he's big and scary, but he's just a, he's just a giant teddy bear, as you know, because he let me have his number. But anyway, uh, uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my other co-host. His name is uh, the Modern Nightmare Matthias. Uh, now, Matthias, I think you said that you could probably take him in a wrestling match, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, I could take anybody in a fight. I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid to say that. I know you try to set me up for these uh, for these fights and these. Uh, Agitated guests, but you know, I'm, when uh, fist come to fist, I'd be more than willing to throw it out with just about anybody. But you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed all-out pro wrestling world MMA champion and NSC world tag team champion, and soon to be APW United States champion, NSC world heavyweight champion. BZW World Heavyweight Champion and EWI Epic Champion and Honorary Member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Uh, my main question that I could think uh, I could think to ask you, and I'm not sure if this was like truly 100% covered throughout the entire monologue that I've been listening to here for the past little while, um, would be when you're in an entertainment industry, regardless of what it is. Um, sometimes, me being a pro wrestler, uh, sometimes you run into people who, you know, you, you thought you, you knew in the very beginning and then all of a sudden their true colors showed and you're just like, man, I, I, I like you think I just, I don't want to work with this person anymore or they were difficult to work with or, you know, just, they were just a problem on set or whatever the case may be. Have you ever encountered uh, somebody like that where you just said to yourself, man, I'm never going to work with this guy again, or, hey, put me on a list to never work with him, or if you're going to try to limit your uh, connections with him, is there is there anybody like that in your past that you've had to deal with? Well, he hasn't worked with me yet, so how would you know? No, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I, I think that's a, a great question, and I'm going to do my best not to turn the show into Jerry Springer's show, um, but, I, I yes, of course, I've definitely encountered – in life in general, but especially as an entertainer, um, all walks of life, and more specifically, yeah, I uh, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's not my style. I try to exude positivity, as you know, as an entertainer, we market ourselves a certain way. But sure, by all means, I've I've worked um, more on the production side, uh, not so much actors. I have never really personally haven't had any issues with actors or directors, but. I've definitely done some business with uh, shoddy movie producers who, you know, they kind of take, take, take and get what they can get from anybody they can. And the promises don't always add up to uh, something that was spoken on. So, yeah, I mean, I've definitely learned valuable lessons um, when, as an entertainer in terms of contracts um, handshakes don't mean much and promises and conversations don't mean much. So my biggest advice to someone, you know, in this business or getting into this business is get a, get a really good entertainment lawyer and don't do anything until you have a contract executed fully. Uh, conversations are great. Sometimes in the beginning you build a rapport. You, like you said earlier, someone could seemingly be a great person to work with and, I, you know, a lot of people start out with great intentions, and sometimes they just have a change of heart or they rub each other the wrong way. So the best protection mechanism, I could say, is make sure you have a, a contract in place and a good entertainment attorney. Spend the money on, on that instead of um, 
frivolous things, you know. It's it's very, very important to make sure you have contracts in place. Can't say it enough. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Bruce, uh, you're, uh, let's see, you're 6'1", uh, 245, uh, green hair, I, I mean green eyes, brown hair, and uh, you could go bear hunting with a switch. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> Well, no, I, I, would, I would love to see you take on a bear. That'd be cool. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we have Bruce Sorcerer to get here. We've got about uh, 15 minutes here with our buddy here. So I want to we'll, – we'll talk about, about some of your upcoming projects, uh, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, you know, we talked about 4th and 44, uh, and is there any uh, – uh, like projects that you're currently working on that uh, you're like got to go back to set for? Yeah, I mean uh, I have several and several that I'm really excited about that I'd love to you know briefly talk about. But sure, I, I actually sure I so I got a kid um, that I've I've I met pro- early on in my journey, uh, probably about seven years ago. I, I was on set in Manhattan, New York City, doing a music video. It was kind of just a step in the rings, trying to learn the business uh, early on. And um, this kid was a, a younger guy, producer on set. We we stayed in touch for years, and he's from Kansas City. He moved out to Los Angeles. I don't know how many years he's got out there, but I think he's around 10, let's say a little more or a little less. Anyway, this guy, this guy learned the business inside out in Hollywood, you know, hands-on. Um, and became like one of the best lighting specialists in movies. In the movie world, we call that a gaffer. So he became one of the best gaffers, had a whole bunch of trucks and crews running around on Hollywood studios and doing different levels of film production and and lighting projects. But his true passion was to write films and and become a, a director someday. So I got to watch, just as he got to watch me grow as an actor, I got to watch him grow into a filmmaker slash writer, director, producer. Um, and the beauty of that is he's not an actor. So he doesn't, you know, put himself in the way, so to speak. He puts these, he's been putting a few projects together that have been really good. And I, and I just did one. It's called winter set. It's on my IMDB. We filmed it in Iowa in the heartland closer to you guys than I am. Um, and it, it was really cold. We filmed back in January of this year and uh, it was a heist movie gone bad. And I was the I was the kind of standout character. I was the New York City slicker that went with my supermodel wife from, you know, we lived in New York, and we go back home to Kansas City where she grows up, and she wanted you know, see her family and kind of relocate back there, and I decided to go with her. And, you know, it, it's really unique because I got to kind of play up my, my own city slickerness, if you will, I, you know, with the fur coat and the pinky rings and the gaudy jewelry and the slick hair. And, and I really stood out in the film because the backdrop was, you know, farmers and, and kind of rednecks, if you will. So, you know, I won't give away too much of the story, but it's a, it's a heist gone bad and some, it's a really wild ride. It's really well written. It, there's a lot of surprises in the film. And, you know, I was, I guess you would say a co-lead in the film, and um, I really enjoyed the creative process, especially uh, in that film, because I was so heavily involved with, you know, with the director, the writer, and, and, and his name is Michael Blevins, and we've become very close friends, and we have several more projects upcoming, some 
are not public knowledge. They're still under wraps, and I'm really excited because he does a lot of great stuff in L.A., and I, and I love, you know, going out to L.A. It's For me, I always say I don't want to live there, but I really love to film there. It's fun because any anyone in the entertainment business, especially actors, anytime you get to, you know, film or perform in Los Angeles, it's just some kind of mystique to that when you're, you know, hey, I'm filming in Hollywood. You know, a lot of people live there and it becomes the norm. But when you don't live there, you know, like I said, I live in, I live closer to Miami, and I and I really enjoy living here now. But I, that's that's a film I want you guys to watch out for. Winter set, super super well written, well crafted, uh, shot really well. I got to see the preliminary um, first layout of the film, and it's really really good. I think the world's gonna love it, and hopefully it lands on a really big platform so everyone gets to see it. So that's one, and, and shout-out to Michael Blevins in the Winterset movie, um, for sure. And then um, there's one more, you know, that I, it throbs in my head. It hasn't come out yet. I filmed about a year ago, and because of the, the strike, the union strike we've been on, it got some delays with getting it out to the theaters. But it's I did a movie with Liam Neeson, the great Liam Neeson, and I had a, a pretty cool set of scenes with him and another character uh, in the film, and... Um, Basically, I, I can't give it away, but he basically kicks my butt in the film. Um, we'll keep it. PG, you can't tell us the name of it either. Yeah, that one's called Thug, and and he's the thug, not me. I always clarify that because, <laughs> because most people would assume it's called Thug and then referring to me, but nope, it's uh, it's a movie about Liam Neeson's character. From what I understand, he gets out of prison, and the uh, I think he's battling Alzheimer's, and he's not sure if he's coming or going, and who's his enemies, who's his friends, and doesn't really know where to pick up the pieces after doing a long stint in prison. And, um, you know, he kind of ends up crossing my path at some point and, and it gets a little ugly for, for me, believe it or not. So uh, I think if you pay attention to Liam Neeson's films, there's always a pivotal moment where he, there's someone in the film who looks like they could kick his butt. Uh, he gives them a beat and it's like a signature piece of all his film work. And it's, and it's, it's pretty ironic, but it's beautiful because he's 70 years old and this guy's cranking out movies like hotcakes, and I respect him. He was such a sweetheart. He was a gentleman to me on set, gave me lots of compliments, filled me filled me up with so much uh, motivation and flattery that when I left, I could barely fit my head through the door. You know, and you know the cool thing is you can add uh, this could be part of your resume. Think about this. Here's your resume. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I got my butt kicked by Qui-Gon Jinn, and, and then uh, uh, I, I went to do a movie with uh, Scott Han, uh, starring uh, with uh, the icon and uh, Bruce uh, in one of his pictures. You think about that. You can go from getting your butt kicked to from Qui-Gon to working with me and Scott Han. Would that not be a treat? I would love it. I would be honored. It would be a highlight. That's sure. That would be awesome. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime, man. Well, well, you know, you know, you know, Scott. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you, you, you. I know you have what, like five or six projects that uh, you have uh, written down or ideas for. I'm sure that yeah. you can find a great character uh, for uh, Bruce to play. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I definitely have. <laughs> definitely. Anytime, yeah. man. I'm always ready. I'm always ready. I'm always ready. And I appreciate that. Thank you for for considering me in that fashion. Well, you know, You're I'll welcome. tell you what. Uh, you know, you can ask uh, anybody uh, that uh, 
that listen to the show or comes on the show, I always try and get my friends a job. Uh, but uh, right. and then usually it's no problem getting my friends a job. But I usually have to beg and send blank checks. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Usually that's how it works. That's funny. Uh, uh, Bruce Soji is our guest here, uh, and uh, I'm just kind of curious, and uh, I'll understand if you don't want to a- answer this. Don't take this question the, the wrong way, but uh, where does the where does your middle name Busta come from, or is that uh, is that uh, like a, a like a like a high, high school nickname or something? Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head. So my my actual government name is Bruce John Sosha, um, so that's my middle name. But you know, growing up. Uh, especially where I come from and probably a lot of different parts of the country. Everybody gets a nickname, especially in my neighborhood and my family. So at a young age, I, you know, started getting the nickname Buster, you know, for different reasons. And um, it stuck. It really stuck with me, you know, especially high school and beyond. And, you know, it's kind of more of like a neighborhood nickname, family nickname, and and it just stuck. So at some point when I started to transition into the acting world, and and I had the choice to choose a stage name. I, I personally didn't really want to change my name per se, um, but I started to realize, like, there was actually, especially it's more of a tip of the hat to home for me, for my home base, my home neighborhood. Most people know me by Busta. Hey, Busta, that's my nickname. So I decided, as a, again, as a tip of the hat, and maybe there's a little marketing nudge in there that makes my name stand out on screen a little bit. Um, but yeah, I changed my officially changed my name with the SAG Union, my stage name to Bruce Buster Sosha, so that you know my friends would say, "Hey, it, it is him." I thought that was his name on the screen, but wow, it's you know now I know it's him for sure. But no, not only that, but you know, I, I, when you get to a certain level, one of the things you ask for when you do a film is single card billing, like you want to see your name on the screen by itself, not in a lump of other mm-hmm. names, and depending on the level you know, the role and the uh, level of the film, you know, if there's 10 A-listers and then there's me, I probably won't get that luxury. But, you know, typically a lot of the films I've done in the last year or so, I've uh, I've been accommodated that luxury where when my name go- comes up on the screen, it'll say Bruce, Buster, Social, like that across the screen by itself. And it's nice. It's a little flattery. It's a little extra credit, so to speak. You know, and uh, this is kind of an ego thing, but, uh, you know, I made you a cool little collector's card. Um, I love it. What well, you know? The, uh, I I was kind of torn uh, for what picture to choose. My my actual favorite picture of you uh, is actually on IMDb.com. I'll kind of describe. You can kind of tell me a little bit about it. Uh, you're wearing like a white jacket. You have like 50 pounds of gold on, and you look like John Cena. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So that's actually. Um, we didn't talk about it, but I, there was a TV series on, on uh, Amazon Prime Video, and it's called Gravesend, Gravesend Series. And season two uh, just came out a couple months ago. Uh, it's something that I filmed a couple years ago in New York City and in Miami. And really that's what led me to move or relocate down here to southern Florida. I fell in love with the palm trees and, and the ocean and, the, and you know, the, just the uh, warm weather. I was filming nine episodes of uh, Gravesend series, and um, you guys, I think you, if you like the uh, the you know the machista, big big tough guy, you know uh, crime TV series, I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's, it's a Brooklyn 
crime family, and they, you know they one of the guy, the main character um, in season one he you know there's an attempt on his life, so the family sends him to Miami to kind of stay low pro and you know get off the grid, and my character is one of his like henchmen or one of his like right hand men that is kind of watching his back in Miami and. Ultimately, my character gets a little power in Miami, and I kind of am running certain aspects of, you know, the uh, the trade, we'll call it, <laughs> in uh, in Miami. So, yeah, there's a lot of – I get some cool fight scenes and, and gun scenes, and I kind of – that character, I'm clean-shaven, and, yes, that going back to that photo, uh, it's like a 1980s period piece, 1980s Brooklyn Mafia family mm-hmm. Clean shaven, La Cosa Nostra, you know, the gold chains and the track suits and the pinky rings and 80s, you know, music and a lot of that ambiance. And it's 80s, the 80s was fun, man. And I was, I'm 47, so the 80s, I was a kid. I was elementary school age, we'll call it. But I, you know, I always looked, I paid attention to like the older teenagers and the, and the, you know, young adults. And I actually won Mm -hmm. best dressed in sixth grade because I always dressed like I was older than I was. I had the pleated pants and the, you know, you know the. Uh, I always dressed older and, and nicer and ironed my clothes and all that. And I was, uh, and, I, and I laughed because I ended up doing that TV show that was based on the '80s. So we wore a lot of those '80s clothes and the '80s music. And I think you get a kick out of that show. It's it's a fun one to watch. That's for sure. Well, you know that's cool. You know, because uh, in high school, uh, the way I dressed, I was uh, I was voted uh, most likely to be uh, uh, to come out of the gutter. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we we have about uh, we got about five minutes here with uh, Bruce, so we don't forget this, Bruce. If uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, so mostly I'm on uh, Instagram, and it's at actor Bruce Socia S O S C I A. It's not hard to find, even if you pump in actor B R U. Usually my big head shows up, and it'll fill in the blanks for you. I do have a Facebook. It's it's um, not as active. I am on there, but it's uh, that's Bruce Socia, um, S-O-S-C-I-A. But typically I tell people to follow me on Instagram. I put a lot of movie clips and um, IMDB, of course. If anyone understands how IMDB works, it's, um, it's you know, it showcases your resume, uh, your body of work, the films you're involved in, what you've already done, what's upcoming, yada, yada, yada. And anytime you go on someone's IMDb, if you like them, if you click on their projects, it's it's funny the way it works. It actually helps the algorithm of their rating, the actor's rating. The lower number you have a rate on the rating scale, it's, it increases your popularity, so to speak. And some people don't pay attention to that, and they think it's overrated. And I kind of do. I think it really doesn't matter, you know, what your ranking is. If you're a good actor or if you're a bad actor, it's has nothing to do with that. It's more about popularity. So, you know, but it is part of the formula with marketing and, and a lot of film producers look at that when they consider someone for a role. They try to see like, oh, wow, this guy is a good resume and he's also got a low IMDb rating. So it, it does help. So if anyone is interested in me and they think I'm a cool cat, they can check out my IMDb and click on my projects. It'll help my algorithm go down. Well, you know, I'm trying to figure out then how how do I have minus 200 stars? I don't get that. <laughs> You're pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Bruce, uh, you uh, you are awesome, sir. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I actually booked you on the show here um, 
Uh, actually, uh, nine months ago uh, I, uh, on Instagram. And yeah, uh, I right. do appreciate I would appreciate that you're able to be with us, and you're awesome, and it, it's just been uh, a wonderful thing to have you with us. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again. And uh, uh, I do, and I was serious when I said that I would love to see you and uh, Scott do a couple of projects. Together. I think that'd be awesome. I said a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be honored, and it would be a pleasure. And one of the greatest parts of you know this journey for me is that the travel, like a lot of times I get to explore other parts of the country that I would otherwise have no business being there. And, and I love that you guys are out there and I'm here and it would be, it would be fun for me to come out and perform and, and, you know, get together outside of the set and, and have a, a nice dinner together and stuff like that. Those are, and those are the experiences that really increase the, uh, the, the joy in my heart when I meet good people from different different backgrounds and we you know explore each other's culture and and it's it's fun it really does enhance the experience for me and i i can't say enough that i'm flattered and and honored that you looked me up and asked me to do your show i really appreciate you guys um having me i and and i hope that this new year for you is 10 times better than the current one you know 2024 may be your best year all of you well, you know, I'll tell you what, and uh, we I do appreciate that. And uh, Scott Hand is definitely uh, going to make my year and Matthias's year an awesome one. And like I say, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, um, um, if uh, you know, I have your number, and I'll understand if you're like uh, uh, like uh, most people I uh, hung out with high school when I when I uh, when I dial their number, uh, they have my number saved as do not answer this uh, or. Um, <laughs> Um, they, I, I think some of my, like my relatives have it say, uh, oh, it's him again. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'll tell you what, Bruce, you, you, you have been awesome. You're just a regular, uh, you're just a regular big guy and, uh, a nice man and, uh, awesome guy. And I'm glad that you took time on your schedule to be with us. You are so cool, man. And, uh, your voice is what, uh, brought us 20 extra rating points today. So I appreciate you. You got it, my man. Anytime, I'm here for you. And uh, and hit me up again. I'll come back on and we'll play catch up. I appreciate it, bud. And we'll get you hooked up with Scott. We'll get you in one of his pictures. You got it. Sounds great to me. <laughs> thank you, guys. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks, bud. Sure. Yep. Oh, thank you. All right. All right, uh, Bruce. Now, uh, Scott. Now, I know you'd love to have him in one of your movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And uh, like I say, man, he. Uh, and uh, Matthias, I, you know, I, I wasn't trying to get you involved in a match, but uh, you're talking about going onto a match where there's Christmas presents filled with weapons. So I think you could probably uh, have some fun with Bruce too. I think. Yeah, you know, like I said, any uh, any comer is a is a challenge and an opportunity. And uh, whenever I can get in the ring uh, before the eventual end of my career, I'll take every opportunity I can get. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We got to get out of here. So uh, remember, it's not goodbye. It's just good night, and uh, love each other, care for each other. Join us every Monday night here on 89.1 Kens FM, uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, next week, we have Santa Claus will be joining us. Uh, and then in two weeks from here, we're actually going to have uh, uh, Zuzu from It's a Wonderful Life, the little girl that uh, said, 
every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. She's going to be with us in two weeks. And uh, Scott's going to be back next week. Matthias will be here next week. Until uh, then, be safe. Love each other. Care for each other. We'll see you all next week. And we are out of here. You think you know me. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.